Hello. 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 Hey there. How are you feeling today? Feeling great. Good. It's, the, it's the weirdest thing. I never felt bad. I really feel better. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear that for sure. Yeah, thank God. I'm running a little bit late. I ran down uh, Jean Larry moves in the hospital. Oh, Jean is in the hospital? Yeah. So. Father, oh. is she all right or is it serious? I, I hope so. I think so. We don't really know. But uh, she feels great. She feels perfect. Okay. I said, you're like me. We're the healthiest people in the hospital. Uh, people come in, how are you feeling? Feeling great. Wow. I think I feel better than half the doctors and nurses. So, Amazing. Yeah. God bless her. God bless her. Yeah. Good morning, Father. I'm glad you're feeling well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you at home? I am. I'm, I'm going to be at church uh, later on today, but um, kind of got a late start. Yeah, me too. <laughs> are you out and about or are you at home? I am. I'm on my way to church. Uh, I tried to squeeze in an extra visit down to uh, Butterworth. Oh. Uh, a little bit of a squeeze play, but we'll, we'll make it. We'll wait for you. Don't worry. Elaine? Yeah. It's Rick and Susie. How's the baby? She is wonderful. She's the cutest little thing I've ever seen. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> of course she is. And she's quiet. She's quiet. Doesn't cry very often. The only time I ever heard her cry was um, when... Uh, she was changed upstairs. It was the only time I heard her cry. Wow. Oh, wow. So, by the way, you guys, not to change the subject, but I found a really nice um, recipe that's a Lenten recipe for a rice pilaf. Oh, it's, it's yeah. very good. Yep. What's in it? What's in um, it? Of course, rice. And yeah. um, or so, onions, uh, um, vegetable broth, and um, you know stuff like that. And it's it's pretty easy to make, and it's just so yummy. And I thought, oh, it oh sounds good. it's another recipe that we have to share. Yep. <laughs> send it. Send it to uh, Keith or Cynthia. We'll put it in next week's email. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, this is I, I couldn't believe it when I I mean it's it's a recipe that you can adapt to your own tastes and you know the flavors that you like. Yeah. And yep. um yeah, I was pretty impressed. <laughs> Even I could wow. make it good. Oh, oh <laughs> and it has uh slivered almonds in it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, that sounds so good. Yeah, it's good. You're getting your protein from the almonds. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, send that along. All right. I'll bring it to church with me. Do you have it electronically or is it written down? Well, Father, 
I do things the old fashioned way. You know, I print <laughs> out the recipes when I see them so I don't lose them. Ah. Well, so, you know, also, if you've had the printout, they'll know where to find it. They can copy and paste. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes a lot and it, it makes a, a really nice, um, you know, main course for uh, yeah. for a dinner. You know, I had uh, that with um, French bread, and I know that's probably not on the best. <laughs> for, forgive me. Uh, oh, pita bread, that's it. <laughs> it's all right. Pita bread. Yeah. Yeah. You're and, and a nice salad, and it's, or, or I had it with steamed broccoli. It was great. Mm. Give me nuts ideas. Yeah. Well, we have to help so each other in this way. I know it. You know, we had a talk on fasting. I think this was a year or two ago. And I really hadn't thought about how diets have changed and how that affects fasting. But the fasting diet wasn't as dramatic a change back in the day versus now. We're just so meat and dairy heavy in our in our eating, especially in the U.S. Um, yeah. mo most people never had that much meat and dairy, and so to fast wasn't as big a deal as it is now. And which is kind of interesting because it somehow you know our fasting because it's such a big jump, it's hard to keep the the focus on the prayer side and have the fasting supplement. Yeah. We end up thinking a lot about our fasting, and I do the same thing, and, and it becomes more of an issue, and then the balance gets off. So having things that are just things that we eat, and, and they're normal things, there, there's something to that that's actually really helpful, I think. You know, the other um, difference in the way we eat is that there are so many more uh, prepared foods that we just pick up, you know, for dinner, and yeah. um, that—that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, all that processing, even things that you don't think about being processed. Once you look, you're like, oh, even that's got loaded up with sugar and salt and chemicals. Right. Wow. Hi, Alan. Um. Hi. <laughs> How are you feeling, Alan? Uh, better, thank you. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Alan, was it a difficult uh, case of COVID this time around? No, just a, um, mostly just a cough I have. Yeah. Is it still with you, the cough, or is it? Um, is it yeah, on occasion I do cough. I have, yeah. a, I have a medication I take. Good. Good. Everybody else healthy? Thank God. God. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Just one of those weddings that once they got rolling over a 48-hour period, <laughs> about 12 or 15 people kept on texting, I tested positive. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Hope the bride and groom were okay. They were okay, but the mother of the bride, I'm sorry, 
the father of the the mother of the groom and the father of the bride got sick. Oh, wow. oh boy. But everybody's doing well. Thank God. Thank God. You ever been to that church, St. Mark's and Boca, Father? I saw it once, but before they had the icons in it. Oh, it's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Father Mark and I were classmates. And when I first got to the village, and Sid and Philip asked me to take on campus ministry, there was another classmate that was uh, the Greek Archdiocese Youth Director for about a half a year, and I worked with him to get OCF started, restarted again. But then Father Mark took the job, and so he was the one I worked with for, oh, five or six years. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk to him, but um, after the wedding, I don't know where he disappeared. He didn't come to the reception. Oh, okay. The reception was in their church hall, so it was very convenient. But they have a nice courtyard outside to have cocktails and stuff. It was nice. Nice. All right, I'll see you inside in uh, two minutes. Okay. Oh, he's on his way. Okay. Yeah, he, he made a hospital visit. Gene Laramie, he said, Alan. got Audrey? No, Gene Laramie. Oh, oh. she okay? Yeah, he said she feels okay, but I'm not exactly sure why she's in. Oh. But she she told him she feels okay. Maybe How's Audrey doing? Body. Any word on Audrey? I, you know, the last thing I heard was not great, but I just don't know. God bless her. Okay. I told Judy Caroli, um, Nora Curry passed away. She did in July, August first. Oh my! Oh my goodness, Alan! Did you just hear? No, Carol sent it to me. Carol Astley. Carol Astley, yeah. Wow! What did she see it in a bulletin or something? Or uh, I think my sister just just knew. Somebody scoops, scoops snoops on the internet. I don't know. Wow. Did she say, Alan, what she passed from? I um I can look it up too. Um Alan, when's your surgery? Tuesday. You need a ride to the what airport. Not going to the airport. Oh, you need a ride to the uh, hospital. <laughs> no, I think my—I don't think you want to take me at five o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness! Uh, who's going to ah, take? Alan, what are they doing? Uh, right knee replacement. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Lord willing, I my ride. Wife. All right. I'm just waiting because Keith is going to turn the heat on. Uh, it was already on. Okay. But the priest, the priest likes it at like 66. I turned it to 72. Thank you. 72? I'm going to be steaming by the time. See, that's my point. See the difference? Yeah. I, 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 72 is perfect for me. 
But I'm your favorite. At the, at the office. But I'm your favorite. Like at home, that's way too hot. Uh, yeah. He's not actively playing. Mm -hmm. Alan, are you playing basketball? What do you mean? Look, behind you, there's a basketball hoop. Oh, that's for the grandkids. <laughs> it doesn't say Notre Dame on it, does it? No. <laughs> Bad joke. Bad joke. <laughs> you ask David to take a look at that and edit. I sent you that, Susie. Thank you. I'm reading it right now. Alan's not saying what she passed from. You know, yeah. David, David had a son, and he's not even mentioned in it. But oh, I didn't realize he did. Yeah, he he actually uh, go. I don't know now, but at one time he was going to St. George Troy. Oh, he was chairman of the parish council at one time. Really? Yeah, this was a while ago. Yeah. 10, 20 years ago, probably. I never knew um, her husband. Yeah, he passed he in was... 1970. Yeah, before we uh, came to Grand Rapids. Yeah, nice guy. He's a living historian. All right, well, thank you all for waiting. Sorry I was late. I tried to squeeze in a quick hospital visit that wasn't quite as quick as I thought. But all right, you were where you needed to be. <laughs> That's it. Let's all stand and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Illumine our hearts, O Master, who lovest mankind, the pure light of the divine knowledge, and open the eyes of our mind to the understanding of the gospel teachings. Implant in us all so the fear of the blessed commandments that trampling down all carnal desires, when we enter upon a spiritual manner of living, both thinking and doing such things as well pleasing unto thee. For thou art the illumination of our souls and bodies, O Christ our God, and you ascribe glory. Together with thy Father, who is everlasting, and then all holy and good and life giving spirit, now and ever, to the ages of ages. There you go. <laughs> Who's in charge of that? That must be Keith. Who's that must be Keith. Over in the office. Well, again, my apologies and thank you for your patience. And we're going to have to cut off early. I've got a flight to get, so I'm heading to Houston to give a retreat this weekend. Hmm. We'll have a shorter than normal session. Welcome to Sam. Nice to have you. Yeah, so to bright too. <laughs> this is uh, Michigan Championship Week. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, nice. I parked in my parking spot. Nice. <laughs> did you also know? You're still yeah, Did you? I parked. Park. Not today, but last night. Oh. All right. One quick question. When did we decide to put reserved parking spots for U of M fans? Oh, you had to be you here. Gotta, you got to read the bulletin, Alan. That's <laughs> I do. Team one for the uh, U of M MSU challenge. Right. But why two spots? Why not just one for you? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's what the, the young adults put up there. I think it's actually four. <laughs> And then they put them not like in between two spots where you'd say like both of these. Yeah. It's sort of like kind of that row. The whole row, exactly. Anyway. What are you studying? We are in Matthew 13. So just to give us the context, remember we had the parable of the sower. We talked a lot about parable. So if you want to catch up on that general talk, because this is Jesus's first parable in Matthew. Um, 
So he gives the parable. And then last week we talked about him explaining parable and that very confusing, but we deciphered it. You shall indeed hear, but never understand. You shall indeed see, but never perceive. Um, by the way, you're going to hear that very soon. That prophecy, which is, um, let me find it here. Uh, I'm not getting it quickly. Anyway, it's in Isaiah. We're going to hear it at Christmas because what we're going to see at Christmas, the birth of Christ, is his coming is exactly what a parable is. It's there's an event for those that are looking for it, they recognize it. For those that are open to seeing what God does on God's terms, they're going to recognize it. The shepherds are going to come, the wise men are going to come. Um, but the ones that should have understood the most, meaning the religious leaders, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're the ones that are um, going to be the ones that, as we've seen throughout the story, are going to um, be the biggest, in a sense, not, uh, adversaries to Jesus doing what he's doing and saying what he's saying. So you'll see Herod, the, the worldly king, one of the worldly kings, um, at the very beginning, plotting to have him destroyed from the very beginning. So you'll hear that again very soon. But now we get to verse 18 in chapter 13. And after the little interlude about why he's speaking in parables, now he's going to explain. So would somebody read for us 18 to 23. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who receives seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. All right. Thank you, Sam. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, we hear what the seed is and what is the seed. He doesn't seem to say the seed is. He goes right into the explanation. So what is the seed? The word. The word. The word. Okay. Now think about word, because word is a very powerful word in the scriptures. Um, what does a word do? If I say to you, elephant, what happened after I said the word elephant? Pictured. You pictured him. And what did, how did you picture that elephant? Big trunk. Okay, so you formed something in your mind. We've all maybe had a picture that might vary from person to person. For some people, that picture might have been a cartoon. It might have been a memory of, of a, an elephant they saw or an elephant they saw in a movie. But if you think about it, a word is a seed, right? I didn't say to you, okay, close your eyes and picture an elephant. 
I said the word elephant, and then you develop something from that. All right. So we're already seeing how he's going to use the parable in that what is sown is not supposed to stay what it is. Right. If I said you were an elephant and whatever you picked in your mind, but I said uh, there was an elephant uh, that was walking through a grocery store. But you're stuck on elephant in your mind and there's no grocery store. You may not develop that seed may not develop because you're stuck on that word. So the word comes and it's going to stay what it is. The only difference is what condition that's falling in. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Now let's skip to the end because what's the purpose of that word being sown? And by the way, where are they being sown? Look at look at the middle of 19. Where is the seed being sown? In his, heart. In his heart. All right. So now we know the two biggest mysteries of the parable. What's the seed and what's the ground? So the seed is the word. The heart is the soil or the ground. And then we're going to find out what happens to what grows from the seed, because in all cases, something happens to it. It doesn't just stay there. Something's going to happen to it. Um, we're going to see different things happen to it, depending on um, the ground. And if you go down to 23, where our reading ended, what's what we know that the ground is going to vary. We'll go back to that in a second. But what's the result? What's the resulting change? So a seed is sown, and we'll assume all the seeds are the same, but it's sold into it's sowed into different kinds of soil. And what's the result of that? What's that? Bear fruit. Right. Okay. So just like in any any text or literature or scripture, it all works the same way. As you're reading it, of course, you can't skip forward and backward in time. As you read it you're gaining an understanding and then you can look back at the whole thing all right so where is all this headed in verse 23 anyway we haven't got to 24 yet but for in terms of where it's headed in this section somehow this parable is not about seed although seed is a part of the story it's not even about ground, but that's an important part of the story also. What's the story about? What results? Because when you take that seed and you sow it, and depending on where it is, you're going to get fruit that is, in one case, 100, another 60, another 30. And all that is one of the, that, that, that 160, 30, that's one option. There's variability in there from 100 down to 30. But the other option is what happens at the end of 22. What's the other option? That happens in every other case. Unfruitful. Unfruitful. Okay. So two things are going to happen. It's going to, the seed's going to bear fruit or it's not going to bear fruit. If it bears fruit, there's going to be different amounts. But what's important is that it's bearing fruit versus in all the other situations, it doesn't bear fruit. And what is the fruit? 
so that he hasn't defined yet. It's not like a tree, right? It's not, not a literal tree. It's not literally, right. A good life or a good well, life. Or... Well, he hasn't defined it yet. So that's a, that's a good point. We, we know what the seed is. We know what the soil is. We don't net yet know what the fruit is. Maybe he's the fruit. Maybe. So, well, okay, let's, let's again, with scripture, you always want to not lose what we know. What's the connection between seed and fruit? In any seed and fruit? It's where it starts. It's where it starts. And where does it end? With the fruit. It's fruit. If you did it right. If you did it right. It's okay. Fruit. Yeah. Right. So a, an apple seed is not going to grow an orange tree. Okay. So there's a connection between the result and the seed, right? So we don't know what, what the result is here. He hasn't told us yet. What we do know, though, is it's what develops from that seed. And that seed, he already told us, is the word of the kingdom. Now, keep that in mind, especially it's not just a word or it's not just the word of God. It's the word of the kingdom because we're going to have, I think, pretty soon whole bunches of parables that say the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like. So it's the word of the kingdom that we want to keep in the back of our minds from now because there's a connection that, at least where we are now, is that comes from something that develops in us based on our choices and what we do, but originates not with us because it's not our seed, it's God's seed. It's our heart, and depending how we prepare that soil and the things, we'll go into that now in a second. There's going to be either no fruit or some level of fruit, hundredfold, hundred sixty, hundred sixty third. Where do those numbers come from? I mean, usually, you'll see forty or seven or yeah, some other number, three. Yeah, hundredfold. That's a lot, right? It's like wow, I, I, I you know, I got something one hundred times what I put. That's a lot. Yeah. What's 60? Yeah. Halfway. Yeah. yeah, a little more than halfway. Not bad. A little more, but not 100, but not nothing. 30. What's 30? A good start. A good start. Yeah, there you go. Is he talking about those who hear it, then some get it better than others? So some, their soil is different. Well, their soil is going to be their heart. Right. But they have to understand first. So they have to be listening with the correct mindset. Yes. All right. The soil gets prepared before the seed is sown. Yeah. Right. So the garden is right. You don't plant your seeds and then prepare the soil. Hmm. So, yeah, what you're saying is a really important point. This is a story about, yes what you're going to produce, but it's not what to do after the seed is sown. It's what you do before. And take that in connection to where the story has led us so far. We're almost halfway through the story, chapter-wise anyway. Um, and we've already seen that Jesus, in every encounter, you see one of two generally reactions. There's not a lot of middle ground, right? You got the folks that drop their nets and go, you got the ones that go, oh, he's doing what he's doing by the power of Beelzebub. Not a lot in between. A little bit, but not a lot. 
So there's something in this parable, and again, it's the first ones we got that's got preeminence. It's it's the first. It's going to guide how we see the other ones. Um, it's about preparation before that seed comes. And I think that's more important than focusing on the actual amounts, because even in the parable of talents, the servant who invested five and and received five wasn't given i mean the, the reward differed but mm -hmm. the the praise didn't right well done good and faithful servant yeah and the one that didn't do anything mm -hmm. was chastised not because he earned less because he earned nothing because yeah. he didn't do anything <laughs> yeah at least he said he could have gone to the bank put it in the bank i'll get a little bit of interest he yeah. did nothing with it yeah yeah so even though we don't this is a good example we don't know he doesn't tell us what's 100 160 130 when we stop and think about it you go 100 that's a lot 60 yeah, yeah it's that's good a, lot. a little more than halfway it's still see you know 30 yeah it's not 160 but it's a good start i have a yes. question um, yeah for those that hear and hear the word and understand it what is the fruit that we bear? Yeah, that was uh, was it Sam's question. Somebody yeah. asked that. We don't know yet. Okay. What we do know, but this is where you know when we're reading scripture, it's good <laughs> to know what we don't know, but it's also good to know what we do. So we, what we learned already in our discussion is whatever this fruit is, there are two things that get fed into what will be produced. One is the seed. Because the seed is not going to produce a fruit from a different seed. So whatever is going to produce is going to come out of that seed. Secondly, our part in preparing to receive it is just as important as the seed being sown. Because one of the options that's going to have actually in terms of uh, what happens, the majority of the seed produces nothing. Because in all the situations, whether three or four, I can't remember, but in, in those first Three or four situations different things happen but it's the same result nothing grows or what grows happens in such a way that it doesn't produce fruit so we don't know what it is yet what we do know and we'll go through this now in the in the middle section here is what happens to that seed that doesn't bear fruit or, or how did it happen it's going to happen in different ways but the result is the same We'll have to keep reading to see what the fruit is exactly. All right, so let's look at it one at a time. He said, what was sown on rocky ground? And what happened, to the, go back to the parable itself, go back to the beginning of 13. Um, verse four, because again, this was two weeks ago for us, but if you're reading it, it's you know a few verses back. As he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. All right, so when you go to the first thing, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So the seed goes because that path has been trodden upon because it's hard ground. Not rocky, this is the next one. It's hard ground, uh, but it falls on the path. 
the seed, what happens to the seed? If you throw a seed on hard ground, what happens to it? Throws away, bounces around. Yeah, it stays on the roof. Yeah. Go down. Okay. Now again, we don't know what the fruit is, but we know that the ground is the heart. What does that kind of ground tell us about a condition of our hearts? One one possibility. It can be completely closed off. And how? How does that happen? There's a tough love. life. Hmm? A tough life. You've just been through a lot or something. Could be. So it's been trampled on. Yeah. It's been stepped on a lot. All right. Now, what that stepped on is, we don't know. It's been stepped on and then left hard, flat, sort of impenetrable. Okay. So that's one possibility that because of life, that could be what, what's, what are the steps? We don't know. Uh, is it difficulties? Is it, um, we've stepped on but have not cultivated again or broken up that dirt but it's hard ground all right the next one rocky ground and let's go back and read uh, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they had not much soil and they sprang up since they had no depth of soil that's just me we'll have lunch going on um one of the things that always amazes me when i'm out hiking is Places that plants grow, mm. you know, mm -hmm. there'll be a rock that has right. a little bit of crack in it. Yeah. And then there's just a little bit of dust in there. And then there's a little, little tiny little plant. Um, Those are tough ones. Yeah. Usually happens in your driveway, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a weed. <laughs> and if you have uh, friends or, or relatives of the old country, they want to pick it and make a salad out of it. <laughs> I was working at Archdiocese when I was a seminarian. And uh, Deacon Han says, we're going to go pick the butley. The what? <laughs> the butley, the butley. Is that, is that the dandelion? Let's go it's, no, that's, like that's the I thought. It's like a little, it's a weed. <laughs> it's a little plant that has two leaves on it and it grows in the cracks. Like huh. first lane? I don't know. I don't Do know we have butley here? I, I honestly haven't looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, it's good. So then we might. So we went out picking, and it's just this little two-leaf plant, <laughs> and it grows in the cracks, and we picked it and made a salad for Santa Philip. You put it on the kusa? Uh, no, they, they, no, they make a salad out of it. Oh, you toss it with the oil and the vinegar, and then it comes juice. Yeah, yeah. Lemon juice makes anything taste good. That's right. <laughs> All right, so this rocky ground has a little bit of soil, and because a little bit of soil. What happens? He tells us. Because it has not much soil, what happens? It doesn't take root. Before that. Go back to verse five. Immediately sprang up. Yeah. So but why does it happen so fast? Because not it's deep. Yeah, shallow. There's no time taken to grow up through that what would have been thicker soil because a little bit of soil it grows up fast, and it's so fast that and there's no soil. So there's no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. That's verse five and six. Go back to the explanation. 
as for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, look at, just look at the length of that explanation. Verse 20 and 21. I mean, it's almost half that paragraph, almost half of our reading today. So, so kind of like the uh, Christmas and Easter Christian? Well, they come yeah. here and then they fall away? Yeah, only the problem is with the scripture is it always applies to us. <laughs> yeah, we, we never get off the hook going, those people, let's, let's yeah. people over there. <laughs> I told probably this one of his best sermons. Those those people. Those people. I just heard in the movie last night. I can't remember what we were watching, but they said those people over there. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. You know, but anything that that shell, and that's in us too. What he's gonna, what we're gonna see here is that it, appearances are the worst things you could look at, right? Because you might go by, you say, okay, well he sowed the seed. And now he comes by a week later, and oh, look at the ones that grew up. When the ones in the good soil, there's nothing happening. You say, well, nothing going on over there. But look at these. Oh, look how nice they grew up so fast. And this is where the explanation is so helpful. Um, it starts out sounding like very good news. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now, that's a good thing, right? But he has no root in himself. He endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, how does that potentially apply to us, all of us in general? Our faith is fleeting. When things are good, then we think, oh, everything's great, and we're mm -hmm. happy, and we're blessed, but when things get Lucky, yeah, or thorny, yeah, we follow it, yeah. And he's really specific in terms of what that rocky or thorniness or rockiness is in this case. We'll get to thorn in a second. It's persecution, tribulation, or persecution. So, tribulation, you can make the argument there's suffering that's separate from persecution, so suffering or persecution arises, but on account of the word. But he's referring to persecution of these people to whom he's speaking at the time, right? Yes. But if you're applying it to us, how are we being persecuted? Well, we're not. That's that's where we don't know if this applies to us. Let's say things change in the world and the country, and it's not illegal to be, to be a Christian. And they say, if you come to church, we're going to arrest you and put you in jail. I don't know. I don't know what our, let, let's say that happened this week. I don't know what our attendance will be on Sunday. I really, and I'm not lying when I say I can't predict. Would the church be empty? Would the church be full? I, it's hard for me to say. I don't think you're too far off, though, because it doesn't have to be an outlawing church, but things happen in, in our life. I mean, you get invited somewhere else, oh, I'll give up church. I mean, it, it's something simple, like yeah. some oh, yeah, party or something, a social, thing. a social event, right? Or a kid's soccer game or something happens right. on Sunday, and we say, "Oh, I'm going to go to that instead yeah. of church." I'll go to church next week. Yeah. Well, COVID kind of did that to us. Remember, we couldn't come to church for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, which you know that wasn't anybody's choice. 
that was ours as as priests and parishioners. That was but if government the people in a position were now they to get them back to church. Right. And what did they do in the meantime? Now I'm not one that thought live streaming was great, but it was better than nothing in some ways. But did we get out of bed? Did we go say our prayers, watch whatever we did. Did we do those things where we say, well, I can't do it? Or did we brew coffee, sit on the couch, put his feet up, and, you know, watch watch what was going on on TV? So it's 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 an example. That's where I think all of this. It is easy to think it's to somebody else, but we don't know. We don't know how, how are we going to respond, and we might surprise ourselves. You know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was actual persecution, and the church was next to empty, and I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't full. So hard to, to say how people are going to react when things like that happen. In a Bible study here years ago, somebody said, because it came up in a school where, where a, a shooter came up to a student and said, um, if you denounce Christ. Yeah. And so we had, what would happen? What would you do? Yeah. If that was the situation. And really all of us said, we probably denounce, we'd want to live. I don't yeah. know. How do you answer that question? Yeah. There's a podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but there was a woman's retreat. I think the Diocese of L.A did a retreat and it was a husband and wife, priest and, and his wife. The wife was in the high school on that day. Oh my. And she talks about it. And I think she knew that girl. Yeah. Um, so I read the book, I have the book, it's called, She Said Yes. Yeah. Cause they said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. She said, yes. Would you really talk to name. the guy that got the gun on, on, on your head? If he's asking you a question, would you even look at him? Well, would you? If he no, says, you know what would I'm you thinking? denounce Christ if you say nothing? Right. Uh, I think I'd be looking, first of all, how to get away from him. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, I would react. I mean, if I'm down on the floor and he's saying that to me, I'm thinking, knock him off his feet, tie his shoes together. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Yeah. Okay, so that rocky ground, again, there's a little bit of soil, which looks good, that immediate springing up but because there's no root it endures for a while and then when tribulation pressure rises immediately falls away and again we know how this ends so even though it looked good because it didn't get to fruitfulness it wasn't good reminds me of this remember when you're like third grade um you got like a beam and you put the bean in the water in yeah. the jar right yeah. and yeah. the thing grows because it's got water and it has light right but after a while, it doesn't get very far because it has no soil. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to plant, but if you don't, right? Because you have no soil. Yeah. Yep. All right. And the next one, let's go back to the. So it's verse seven. Look at look. Just look at the the length of this versus the last one. The last one was five and six, which are long verses. This one doesn't even take up a whole line. My Bible. Other seeds fell on the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked them. Another explanation. Proceed among the thorns is he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the delight and riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So again, you've got a plant that's grown. There's got to be something to choke, but you have a choker. You've got the thorns. Um, and the one that heard the word grew, and we can assume maybe there was good soil, but there was also these uh, thorns 
then end up choking it and it makes it unfruitful. <clears throat> So we got so far, what was it, three? You got the path, you got the rocky ground, and you got the thorns. All three end up being unfruitful. I was sown among the good on the good soil. This is who hears the word and understands it. I'm gonna look at that word. Yeah, I'm curious what the uh This is where, where English gets tough. Sinion, Sinion. I provide a dictionary. He's hearing and understanding. I think it's he, like he, you take it in. You, you like, you know, and you, oh, I get it now. You think I get it. How does I get it mean I understand? I took it in. So a seed was planted, you said something, I took it in, and, and I heard it, and then I took it in, and it grew. Um, E&D bears fruit. It says, in this parable, Jesus is revealing himself as the promised Messiah, the sower on earth. The the Orthodox study Bible, yeah, and for that section, yeah. verses three through nine, 13, 13, three through nine. Oh, three through nine, okay. Yeah. No, no other reason why they're saying that. Let's say the sizes. In the Old Testament, metaphors of sowing and harvesting are common, part of the daily lives of people. In this parable, Jesus revealing himself as the promised Messiah. The sower on earth. Hmm. Yeah, that's where again, footnote is whatever that person thinks. Yeah. It doesn't give you a reference on why he's saying. Well, I was saying something about <clears throat> see the interpretation in BB 18 through 23. So oh, verses okay. 18. So he's saying that's, yeah. that's the part we're looking let me read you a couple uh, comments, and these are all from St. Jerome, which is interesting. He really got into this section. Um, the wicked one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. The wicked one snatches away the good seed. You must also understand that it was sown in the heart. The diversity of soil stands, the diversity of the souls of believers. And when trouble and persecution come because of the word, he at once falls away. Notice what he said. He at once falls away. Hence, there is some distance between the one who is constrained by many troubles and sufferings to deny Christ and the one who in the face of persecution immediately falls away and succumbs. Sure, that means distance between the one who is constrained and the one who... Oh, I see. Okay, so the one... The distance between the one who is constrained... So in other words... The, the one who gets choked, that takes a while. But the one in the first persecution immediately falls away and it kind of happens right away. <clears throat> this is about the being sown among thorns. The seed sown among the thorns of the person who listens to the word, but the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it is made fruitless. Read that again. 
the seed of sown among the thorns is the person who listens to the word, but the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it is made fruitless. Now, those seem to be two different things. Anxiety of the world and deceitfulness of riches. Don't they seem like two different things? Mm -hmm. But they both do the same thing, he's saying. But the riches you could, but but both things. You could be anxious for what's going on in the world and being deceived by your riches. But how do they? What what do they have in common? They both do the same thing. They both encourage you to put your faith in something other than Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two different ways, but same result. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. This reminds us of the words spoken to Adam. You shall eat your bread among thorns and thistles. This mystically signifies that those who give themselves over to the pleasures and the cares of this world eat the heavenly bread and true food among thorns. Hence, the Lord fittingly added, the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word. Riches are enticing indeed, promising one thing and doing another. The possession of riches is uncertain. They are born from place to place. Unpredictably, they either... Desert the haves or gorge the have-nots. Interesting. <laughs> the Lord also states that it is difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, for riches choke the word of God and weaken the force of the virtues. That was Michael's sermon last week. Yeah. The eye of the camel. Yeah. The camel and the eye of the eagle. Yeah, and, and I forget, I read something recently where it was, it's not the riches, it's the deceitfulness, like he's saying here, which is the, um, it's the attachments that we can make. Because we have, we've had saints that were very wealthy and saints that were poor. So it's not the riches, it's how much we get attached. It's just hard when we have things not to get attached. I heard a good analogy of that one time. The guy says, picture a frozen lake and you're ice fishing and you fall in the hole. And the devil is down there saying, "Come on over here. This is where the this is where you can get out." And he's dragging you away from. Ah, no. it's wow. Yeah, that's awful, isn't it? I was yeah. thinking about the ice pole and then people yeah. over here. Yeah, he's yeah. dragging you away from the. From the that's place. that's the thing. My retreat I'm doing this weekend is it's the chaos and confusion of life has got a lot of us, all of us to some degree, masked the reality. Yeah. It's, it's too easy to get lost when things are so chaotic and confusing. And so we've got to get ourselves back to some clarity. More <laughs> the driver's telling me it's time to go. Very politely, though. Very politely. <laughs> Very politely. <laughs> didn't say a word. <laughs> Not a word. You're coming back Saturday? Yeah. And the one sown among goods ground is he who hears the word, understands it, and bears fruit. Even as on bad ground, there were three diverse situations by the path, upon rocky ground, among thorns. So too on good ground, there is diversity of three types, 100 fold, 60 fold, 30 fold. But in one and the other, there is a change that takes place in the will, not in the nature itself. In both the unbelievers and believers, it is a heart that receives the seed. The wicked one comes, he says, and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. In the second and third case, he says, this is he who hears the word. In the explanation of the good ground, he is the one who hears the word. First, we must listen, then understand. After understanding, we must bear the fruits of good teaching and yield fruit, either 100-fold, 60-fold, or 30-fold. So we got to hear it, got to understand it, 
So we got to put it to work. All right. That's my three L's. That's my new logo. Listen, learn, learn. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Um, we are not going to meet next week. I sadly have to go to my aunt's funeral in California. Again, a warm place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not arguing on where she lived. But, uh, I like your jackets. So God willing, two weeks. Alan was trying to remember Shumsey. That was not Dibs. It was Dalek. Dalek. Shumsey Dalek. Yeah. Yeah. That was my fault. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right, Father. Thanks, Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.